straight up, and this could be it. Conway is underneath it. Is this the moment New Zealand can finally celebrate? They certainly can. Tries to find Mahaja back post, and Trent Mahaja, the Newcastle Jets, conceded just a few minutes ago, but they've restored their two-goal advantage. A win to reignite the Forest Fire. Nottingham Forest won. Liverpool nil. Josh Anuka might just have delivered the moment of the tournament so far. Anuka picks it up. It's a brilliant, brilliant finish. Australia have done a job on Scotland here tonight. And now, overnight scores, expert comment and controversy on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And good morning, everyone. I'm Ray Thomas. Welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And the Kangaroos might have done a job on Scotland in the Rugby League World Cup yesterday morning, 84-0. But, gee, the Kiwis did a job on the Australian cricketers last night in the T20 World Cup, winning by 89 runs and effectively were never really in danger. Dean Ritchie's back in studio after having a little week away. Dino, good morning and welcome back. Firstly... Your man Brock Jarvis, that was disappointing for him. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good yeah. morning, everybody. Yeah, went to Brisbane and Brock unfortunately got knocked out up there by a bloke called Liam Parrow. But he goes right, Liam Parrow. Yeah, he Jeez. does. He's very strong. But I spoke yeah. to Brock, and every fighter has to have a loss, Ray, and it's how mm. you come back, I guess, which is the important part. Mm. He is coming back. He'll be back in training, Brock. And I think sometimes, Ray, you never want to lose, but yeah. it can be a good thing in a weird way roundabout way. Well, let's start with the positives then, Dino. And obviously, the Australian Kangaroos have got their World Cup off to a really good start. Hard to get a line on where they're at, Dino, when you win 84-0, but there were a couple of things to come out of it. Nathan Cleary um, and Cameron Munster looked terrific in the halves. They'll probably be the Australian combination going forward. What was your take on it? And can I ask you, Dino, like we're watching a game at the moment and um, New Zealand are, are giving Jamaica a real... Hammering at 68 and all about seven minutes to go. A few lopsided contests in this World Cup. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, Ray, you've got to have pool yeah. games, I guess, but yeah, it doesn't do much for me watching a game that's 84 points to nil. I mean, mm. yeah, who does that benefit, honestly? Yeah. It does nothing for Scotland. It does nothing for Australia. But look, we have to have a World Cup with 16 teams yeah. to but make it a World Cup. game, haven't you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, for the life of me, I still can't quite work out why or how Jamaica is there. Do they play rugby league in Jamaica? <laughs> I wouldn't think so, right? They probably drink a lot of rum and love a bit of fast bowling and a bit of basketball, but I wouldn't think they're yeah. rugby league players. But look, you know, the cream will rise eventually, but these pool games, you know, they don't, they don't do much for me, right? Put it that way. I, I couldn't give two hoots. I got up early yesterday morning. I was texting Zorba, texting each other when the first trial was scored and and Zorbo said, get used to it because they'll run up a cricket score here. And they did. But a, a couple of things. I mentioned um, Cleary and Munster. Love your take on that. But also a couple of freakish moments, particularly that very last try from Josh Adoko. And Matt Burton flicked the ball back between his legs when he went over the sideline virtually. And Josh Adoko kicked ahead and scored in the corner. That was one of the, the great international tries. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Absolutely brilliant from... Uh Matty Burton, and then, of course, the Fox. Mm. He picked up four. There are only four full-time players in that Scottish side, Ray. So, you know, yeah, the rest are no more than yeah. probably playing at a level less than New South Wales Cup. Mm. And they were courageous. They you know. tried, yeah. yeah. What about Grant Atkins? <laughs> They're down 150 to <laughs> nil, and Grant Atkins put someone in the sin bin. For an offence, I might add, that <laughs> there wasn't much in. I mean... Read the room, Grant. Oh, no. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, but I shook my head. Cleary Munster? Is that, that the way forward for me? I think it will yeah. be. Look, DCE, Ray, I always say we tend to think about what we see last in life, and that mm. was Nathan Cleary in a grand final. Mm. We tend to forget that three months earlier, Daly Cherry Evans masterminded Queensland to Upset state of origin yeah, victory, point. Mm. which was a wonderful, wonderful achievement. So, look, it's not cut and dried just yet. And certainly Cleary's probably put his nose in front. But I go back to the same scenario, Ray. Mm. Does Cleary get his nose in front by beating a side 84-0? Mm. Yeah. yeah, really? I yeah, I, yeah, it's hard really? to get a line on it, isn't it? Yeah, but anyway, at least Australia off <clears throat> to a good start. And that tournament, as you said, 
when we get to the business end, I think Australia are due to play New Zealand in a semi-final, Dino. Yeah, they've got Italy in St Helens next week, mm -hmm. uh, Ray, and yeah, it'll come down to a semi-final between the That's Kiwis the and the Aussies. Yeah. So that'll be an absolute yeah. ripper, no England doubt. England looking about okay. It. They've won two two easy wins. They've beaten France forty-two eighteen overnight. Victor Radley um, instrumental again. They're looking pretty strong. Yeah, they, they should go through to the semi without any problem at all. Absolutely, they'd be in the final. You would imagine, Ray. Mm. I didn't see too many highlights. That was played late last night, but. A lot of NRL players scored for England. Dom Young scored twice. Mm. Radley scored. Elliot Whitehead scored. Luke Thompson scored. And the former Roosters player, Ryan Hall, he picked up a double as well. Fiji. He's that big blockbusting winger, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Fiji uh, flogged Italy 60 points to four as well, Ray. Got home last night from the races, and we'll talk racing shortly. Great day again on the track, but... I was looking forward to watching the cricket last night. Got home and um, it was literally in the change of innings. New Zealand had scored their 200 for three. I'd, I, I was listening a bit on the radio on the way home. We were never in that contest. You know, and from what I can understand from virtually the first over, when Finn Allen went berserk, um, Devon Conway again got a lot of runs, and then um, Bolt and Southie just had us tied up in knots and our batting collapsed. Beaten by 89 runs, how could they, our World Cup's in disarray, isn't it? Let Finn net Allen... Rate, net run rates are shocking now. I've never heard of Finn Allen, right? 42 mm. off 16 balls. He clubbed Can't a bit stark to cow corner twice in the first mm. over for uh, a six and a four. Mm. So that put us on the back foot, and we never recovered. No, we no. never recovered. Devin Conway, 92 off 58. And, uh, you know, Warner was unlucky, Ray. It yeah. hits his thigh. Um, it's not your day, bat. Yeah. stumps, but there wasn't much fight there, Ray. It's not a performance that we expected from an Aussie cricket team mm. playing their first game defending at home. Defending the World Cup. SCG, 40,000 defending their title. Would you play Steve Smith? Yes. I would. Yeah. I'd bat World's him at best four. best batsman still. I'd bat him at four. And particularly if you lose a couple of early wickets, and we're, we're a bit flimsy at the top of the order, um, Steve Smith always gives you a sense of calm when he comes into the crease, and if he gets going, then People can bat around him. I don't, yeah. Would you play him? Yeah, yeah I certainly I can't believe there's not a place somewhere in that side mm. for Steve Smith. Yes, you need your fancy pants. You need your Glenn Maxwells. I get all that. Mm. But you also, albeit only 20 overs, you still need someone to solidify to some degree mm. in the middle order. And that's what Steve Smith does. And we were discussing it last week when Buzz was in, why Cameron Green isn't in the squad. And I understand the squad was picked prior to them going to India. He's our best all-rounder. And I cannot for the life of me work out why he's not in the team. There he was sitting there on the bench with Steve Smith last night. And we know what kind of a batsman he is, Ray. Great player. He gives it a hell of a crack. Great player. So it's not like he's a dour batsman. I noticed this, Ray. Mm. Looks like we have to win all of four remaining games at minimum now. Mm. And there was a report last night. South Africa failed to make the final four during the last World Cup despite winning four or five games. Yep. So Net run we're run. on our knees already. In all sorts. In absolutely all sorts, and it's a real concern. Should point out too, right? Yep. This afternoon, India played Pakistan, right? MCG, 100,000 fans will jam the G for that game. There's some rain concerns, obviously. So, And the they, TV audience around the world. Well, they're saying it could be the most watched cricket mm. game ever. And if it's washed out, refunds for that game alone could cost the organisers as much of uh, as much as $4 million. Wow. So it's, it's won't they be doing a, a little war dance to keep the rain at bay down there mm. in Melbourne this afternoon? Now, Dino, the, the racing yesterday was fantastic. Again, the, the Cox. Did you watch the Cox play? I did. Mm. Yeah, I, I know you like your racing. What did you make of Animo? Well, brilliant, Ray. Absolutely mm. brilliant. I just took down a couple of notes here, mate. Um, if, if last think, year's controversial yeah. loss. Mm. Avengers that mm. a great effort. Win, you've got to lose one to win one. You've got to say. Do, James <laughs> McDonald's ride. Yeah. Was brilliant, I thought, Ray. Mm. Um, it, yeah, all, it all worked out from didn't it? From barrier four, we got into a lovely spot. Um, the pace was a lot slower than everyone anticipated. And he just had to be in that controlling position. Some fantastic runs behind him, though. Second spot on Thunderstruck. How he got home and ran Animo so close. Amazing, given... The early tempo, El Bodegon, I get that wrong every time. He was terrific running third, but he, he's been a star this spring, Animo. He's won the Wink Stakes, the George Main Stakes, the Might and Power Stakes, into the Cox Plate. Only two other horses in history have won those Group 1s prior to the Cox Plate in the same spring. 
Kingston Town did it twice, 81-82, and Winks did it in 2016. I'm not comparing him with those two champions, but he's on the way, Dino. That's seven group ones. Amazing horse. And yeah. prize money earnings now worth $9.4 million. And on the right. We'll talk to Vin Cox, Godolphin Australia's Supreme a little later about plans for Animo. Randwick yesterday was another terrific day on the back of the Everest Carnival the previous week. Dino and sharp and smart for Hugh Bowman. That puts him on 99 Australian Group 1 wins for Huey. So only two other jockeys have ridden 100 Group 1 winners in Australia. That's Damon Oliver and George Moore. So he's an exalted company. Dolphin had a huge day. They, of course, Animo in the Cox Plate in Melbourne. Golden Mile, who's a cracking horse, won the calendar present, which is great to see two legends of, of our craft, um, as in particular racing journalist Ken Cowan and Max Presnell, honoured with that race. They were terrific. And I was happy for John O'Shea after the bad luck with Lost and running last week in the Everest. Promise of success gave his stable the, the $2 million the invitation. Ray, very elegant. Retires, yeah. Eleven Group Ones, fourteen point eight million dollars in prize money. It great mare. She won Group Ones from fourteen hundred to thirty two hundred. That's very rare in the modern era. I know the ownership group have been criticised for taking her overseas and not um, leaving her here and keeping her going under Chris Waller. You know what, Dino? They had a crack. We often wonder how our good horses would go overseas. They had a crack. Maybe they went 12 months too late because she's a seven-year-old mare, but I can't find fault. And they won a Melbourne Cup. They won a Caulfield Cup. They won, you said, 11 Group 1s, and they had a throw at the stumps. It didn't work out. Maybe the mare's just saying to them if she wants to be retired, which she will be now. Um, she'll stay in the Northern Hemisphere, Dino, and they haven't determined a stallion yet, but I think a, a sire called See the Stars, who's the sire of... England's champion horse at the moment, Bayeed. I think he's the firming favourite. Now, whilst you've been away, my friend, and Bud's filled in capably last week. I heard a bit of it. Yeah, but it's I do understand... On, it's probably better I'm back. Uh, OK, well, <laughs> I'll let you decide well, that. Well, it is. But I do understand you've got some things you want to get off your chest. Oh, there's just a couple of things that have been floating around in sport this week, Ray, that annoy me and upset me. Do you want your little intro? Do you want to do an intro? Let's do an intro, Hamish. Richie's rant. We got one? Not just yet. That's right. I've thrown him on the spot. Yeah, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You cannot be serious. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Uh, Hamish, the floor is yours, On the money, the great man. Now, let's start with Netball Ray. Well, oh, well, okay. well. Here we go. <laughs> Australia's richest woman has pulled... $15 million in sponsorship after Diamonds players questioned Gina Reinhardt's stance on climate change and First Nations people. She's gone. She's left it. This from a sport in financial disarray. Mm. $4 million and in the red And these players who have stuck their bib into an area they shouldn't have have now lost $15 million. That will go down to the juniors and that will probably... I see, I see the players are now saying that they weren't consulted and that Netball Australia's administration basically made that decision without consulting the players. Maybe the truth lies somewhere in between. But the bottom line is that sport cannot afford to lose such a massive sponsorship deal. So, um, yeah, watch this space then. There's more to come with that one. That agreement was a lifeline, right? Because mm, mm. the sport had lost $7 million over the past two years and that money was to go to player and coach wages. Yeah, it's bizarre. They've stuck their bib in where it shouldn't have been stuck and they've just cost themselves $15 million. Pull your head in. Mm. Let's keep going. Okay. Pat Cummins. Oh, yeah. Exactly the same. Pat, stay out of it. Alinta Energy were there in 2018 yes. when Sandpaper Gate gripped Australia and they poured $40 million over four years. They stuck solid. And Pat Cummins doesn't team. want to mm. be associated with this. That one I can't understand. Stay they, they in your lane, solid. Pat. You're yeah. the Australian captain. It's the highest honour in Australian sport. Keep your political thoughts to yourself. Go out there and play cricket and do us proud. Do not, in my opinion, stick your nose into areas where it shouldn't be. I don't want our Australian captain turning... His status, his baggy green status, 
into a political drama. Stay out of it. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, There's... Is that old cliche about sport and politics don't mix? And they do, and that's the bottom line. Just devil's advocate, Dino. Are players entitled to at least voice their opinion about certain issues, and then at least consult um, the administration if the playing group are comfortable with um, certain sponsorship? Where does uh, it end, though, Ray? Where does it end? Some might like it. Some don't like mm. it. You're never going to get. Unanimous. You've nailed it. You're never going to get unanimous opinion. So unless the whole team is 100% against this, then why does one, and I know he's the captain, why does one person speaking on behalf of that team then determine a sponsorship arrangement? Didn't Pat Cummins do some work for Alinta Energy, an advertising mm. campaign? I'm sure there was some fair coin well, there. Where's the loyalty to that um, that business for sponsoring that team? Imagine what they when must think. When everyone else dropped off. Imagine what they must think now. Yeah. They must think, gee, we came in, Saved them, mm. and this is the thanks we get. A kick up the ass from Australia's captain. Mm. Absolutely disgraceful. Haven't finished yet. You're still going. I've got one okay. to go. <laughs> AFLW players. Mm. They go to Henson Park to play. Henson Park? They're but, playing games there. Okay. At Henson they might have fined the ground or something after the AFL. And then they start complaining about the conditions and the facilities. That's an iconic rugby league ground. Who's complaining? The playing The group. players are complaining about the conditions and the facilities. That is an iconic rugby league ground, which Sydney loves. Mm. The home of the mighty Newtown Jets. And here's his AFL players coming in and complaining. Why are they complaining for? If they don't like it, rack off. Go and play somewhere else. If you don't like it up here, then go and play in Melbourne. But do not come into our town and start bagging iconic grounds like Henson Park. Mm. If you don't like it, move away. Surely someone, surely someone did their reconnaissance and worked out. I was about to say, didn't the AFL... Look at the grounds, look Correct. at the facilities, and then tick off them Correct. before they agreed to play there? Correct. So, anyway. anyway uh, are you I okay feel better now. You're okay now? you got that off your chest? I've got it off my chest. <laughs> on you, mate. <laughs> um, Dino, just on the World Cup draw for the women's soccer. World Cup's everywhere. The women's soccer World Cup draw was done the last 24 hours, and they're calling the Matildas the group of death. It's a tough one. Now, where are we? Um, I'll just bear with us here, Dino. I will find it. Yeah, but... Canada, Ireland, and Nigeria in Group B. Matilda's coach, Tony Gustafsson, he agrees it's going to be a, a really tough group. But if you want to win a World Cup, you've got to win those games. We seem to have been a bit uh, rejuvenated lately, the Australian. Yeah, they turned the corner a bit. Turned the corner a bit. Yeah, we yeah. were poor for oh, a good year or so there, yeah. right? We couldn't get much moving, but we seem to have turned picked up a couple a of good results in recent weeks. So, yeah, we go in full of hope, I guess. Mm. But I don't. Sit here, Ray, and pretend to be an expert. But it's going to be huge. Though. This asking is, this is, me, this is going to be huge. Yeah, so. if you're asking me, can we win it? Based on what I've read, I would suggest we would struggle mm. to we, make we, an impact. We can go deep in the tournament, but we, long as that form continues to improve, do you know? But we're seeing World Cups at the moment, and last night's not a good result for Australian cricket, but also in the rugby league. Um, there is a massive gulf, isn't there, between the top teams and those teams that have made the World Cup finals. You know, it's got us to our talk topic, which you've come up with, which is a beauty, and that is um, huge sporting losses that you've seen or been involved or with. Or suffered. Yeah, or suffered. Yeah, you can open the batting. Huge sporting losses you've seen or suffered. Okay. I remember back in 2000, mm-hmm. Jock Mundine, who was on our show last week, yep. mm-hmm. was apparently very, very good came out and said, we will go to Melbourne and we'll beat them at the MCG. Oh, it's a St. George, isn't St. it? St. George yeah, Illawarra. Yeah. And Melbourne won by 70 points to 10. One of the biggest <laughs> scorelines right. in rugby league history. <laughs> so I'll say that was one of the worst I've seen, 70 to 10 after having a bit of a mouth off pre-game. Mm. And I'll go personal. Yeah. I once played for the mighty Forestville Ferrets. Mm. We played G grade one day. Against Harbord, we lost eighty-four points to two, and Is this the two, r- rugby league, rugby, rugby league, yeah. and the two came from myself and a mate kicking field goals. You kick field goals, field goals. Was it one nil and two nil earlier? Or something? Why we did something to do? But we did it. So that's pretty humiliating. <laughs> eighty-four points to two. Oh, that's so that's me. my biggest. That's got me thinking. Personal okay. and professional. When I joined the air force, I was just turned seventeen. And I, I played league all my life, but all my mates in the Air Force was, we were all players. So 
they got me into the Aussie rules team and I got um, into the, the first in the RAF Cats when the Geelong jumpers. And my first game in first was at a place called Bal Ranald, middle of nowhere. Where's that? In um, Riverina area. Riverina. Yeah. And I'll never forget, Dino, it was about two degrees. Um, there was mud all over this ground and every, there was pools of water which had ice over them. It was that cold. They stuck me in a forward pocket for some reason and the ball never came up. We got beaten by 25 goals. Hardy touched the ball in four quarters, went off. There was no hot water in the showers. It was the longest, worst day of my life. Um, but, <laughs> but speaking of um, professional, I remember when I was a kid and the great Ken Rosewell had never won Wimbledon. And it was 1974 by memory. I think he was 39 or 40 years old. And he made the Wimbledon final. And everyone was saying this was it. This was his chance. And we used to sit up late and watch it with my father. And he was playing a young, brash American called Jimmy Connors, who had a double-handed backhand and he spoke like Muhammad Ali. He was always going to win games. But everyone thought Kenny Rosewell would beat him. 6-1, 6-1, 6-4. It was clinical. He dismantled the great Kenny Rosewell. It was like watching a whole generational change in tennis. You went from a, the old school player to this new player with a double-handed backhand. And it was sad to watch, Dean. It was very, very one-sided. Great talk topic, Raymond. Well, you give yourself a rap. So there you go. So <laughs> no, sporting like disasters, is that what you're saying? Yeah, we'll Great do that. sporting yeah. losses yeah. that you either suffered or watched. On the back of Australia beating Scotland 84-0, which was more than a train run. But let us know your thoughts on that issue and indeed any in sport. Call us on 13 53 SMS 0419 767 272. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. The putters panel. I've stuck with Valana. I think the extra week actually helps Valana because I think James would have been able to get more work into him. He'll sit on the speed. He's one on the round with heavy. Just got a lot of ticks. He comes from Barry Annoying, gets the right sort of run. He's just around that class sort of force that's going to be very hard to beat in a race like this. Valana's well clearing the Silver Eagle and drawing away for an emphatic victory. The putters panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. For the Golden Eagle. And we're ready to run. Australia's best four-year-olds battle it out for $10 million in prize money. I'm thunderstruck when boom over the top. Soak up the spring racing carnival action. And after the last, see superstar UK act Rudimental on the main stage. Don't miss out. The Golden Eagle. October 29, Rose Hill Gardens. The all-new Nissan Qashqai, X-Trail and Pathfinder arrive in Australia soon. Demand for these all-new SUVs is high, so visit your Nissan dealer today to place your order. It doesn't have to cost the earth to earn a share in a racehorse. Patriot Bloodstock offers an affordable entry-level price point for racehorse ownership with fixed-price training fees. We love first-time owners and putters clubs. We'll get your friends together and start a syndicate. A Brave Smash filly, fully broken, is available now from a dam that's produced five foals to race, all winners. She ticks all the boxes. Check out what's available at patriotbloodstock.com.au. Patriot Bloodstock, an authorised representative of Stable Connect. AF licence 33696. KO Sports interrupt your ads to bring you T20 World Cup action. Surely gone, yes! First blood, Pakistan! Catch India versus Pakistan. Ad break free in play. Tonight on KO Sports. Now, back to your ads. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the <laughs> What a great song. My favourite cold chisel song. You know, we've, we played that song? Yes, you can tell our audience, yeah. Because we have the great, the legendary Don Walker, cold chisel's primary songwriter. He wrote k He wrote it mm-hmm. with a bloke called uh, Stevie Presswich, I think. Yep. I'll check on that. Uh, and Don is a fanatical rugby league fan. He mm. loves his league. Used mm. to follow Para, now follows the Broncos. Broncos. Knows everything about the game. Mm. So I said, Ray, let's go a little bit left field today and we'll bring yeah. on the great Don Walker. But it also gives us a chance to play a couple of the chisels. What's songs. your favourite cold chisel song? Flame Trees. Yeah, I think it's, it's 10 years old. Flame think, yeah. Trees. 
Um, I like When the War Is Over as well. Yeah. K Sound's my favourite, though. Oh, there's a ton of them, right? Oh, Absolute so iconic Aussie band. Don Walk, we... sorry, Don Walk will be on the show just after nine o'clock. Before we get into the race replays, mm-hmm. text message. Yes. Hope you don't mind me giving this up, mm-hmm. but the great Trent Barrett is tuned in. Mm-hmm. A Bulldog, Melbourne 70, Dragons 10. I heard you on radio. I was trying to forget that. <laughs> he would have been Sorry, playing, Baz. He, he would have been playing that game, wouldn't he? He would have played that game, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was when Mundine said we beat them for revenge for Correct. the grand final. Correct. Absolutely. Good on you, Baz. Hope you will, mate. Race replay time. And as we mentioned earlier, Godolphin had a huge day. One of their big wins yesterday. This is a really nice horse. His name... Golden Mile. So it's Burgunder flat out now and making the move, Communist and Communist races to the lead. Golden Mile's giving chase. Communist a length in front, but Golden Mile is honing in quickly. They're clear then from Basquiat and a lot more love. Communist the inside, the outside Golden Mile and Golden Mile puts the head in front now. It's a dour battle here. Golden Mile from Communist who won't give in without a fight. Golden Mile just in front and Golden Mile goes on to win the calendar Presnell. Wanted a neck on the line to Communist. A lot more love ran into a clear third at the end. Yeah, he had to pull out all stops because Communist dig, did dig deep, but he's just a class act, Golden Mile. We'll talk to Vin Cox a little later about plans for Golden Mile. Great to see Graham and Debbie Rogerson back in Sydney. They've got a really good horse here. He's as tough as they come, sharp and smart. Bunker Hut in front. Williamsburg went up to join it. Now Elliptical pulls out. And Machalade pulls out and it's game on on the spring champion stakes. Bunker Hut's gone. Elliptical in the middle. Moved up with Machalade. Williamsburg dropped off a length. Sharp and smart angling into the clear. Renaissance woman right down the outside and she's extreme. Still has chasing to do. It's Elliptical. And Machalade slogging it out in the spring champion. Sharp and smart's coming late. It's Elliptical in front from Machalade. Sharp and smart. Elliptical just in front. Sharp and smart goes to it the outside lunges and I think got up to win I think sharp and smart may have got there a nose over elliptical third between she's extreme and Machilade. some win Dino he was three wide facing the breeze virtually the entire race and yet he's dug deep late and nailed elliptical right on the line he'll go to the Victoria Derby next and then back in Sydney for the Derby next year on to the invitation. Really happy for this man, John O'Shea. He got a huge kick in the guts last week when he had to scratch lost and running from the Everest on race morning. But here he is back in the winner's circle in the $2 million the invitation with promise of success. Expat at the 300, a length on Nimali. Forbidden Love working into the clear. Promise of success is chiming in nicely. And Promise of Success moved up on the outside of Nimali and Forbidden Love. It's Promise of Success just in front from Nimali. Electric Girl late. Promise of Success in front from Electric Girl. And Promise of Success wins the invitation. A neck on the line, Electric Girl. Photo third, Bell Placia and Nimali. Yeah, good win by a good mare for John O'Shea. Just quickly down before we go to the Valley, Coonamble Cup Day is off, unfortunately. Um, Sydney's wet weather. It's Coonabarabran Cup Day, sorry, at Canamble is off due to the wet weather. Another uh, big race meeting we've had to lose because of this unseasonal rain. On to the Valley yesterday. Let's go to the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. Boy, wasn't he good? His name, Francesco Gardi. But it's Francesco Gardi. The favourite blazes away. Four links in front of Purse and Luna Flair running on. Francesco Gardi halfway up the straight. Led by three links to Luna Flair who's finishing well. But it's all Francesco Gardi to win the Gold Cup easily. Two and a half Luna Flair Purse and a gap grand promenade. It was very, very good, Francesco Gardi under James McDonald for Chris Waller. Put a margin on them, beat Luna Flair by nearly four lengths per sand third. On then to the Cox Plate. Massive build-up to this race. What a race it turned out to be. Animo proves he's the champion of Australia. Alligator Blood, three quarters of a length away. Then came Animo, who's still two lengths off the pace, but coming into it, followed by Maximal. Zaki, Alligator Blood, 300 metres to go. Then Animo, who's joining in. Back behind them, Young Verta, around the turn. Zaki, joined by Animo, who looks destiny in the face. At the 150, Animo takes the lead from Zaki. Alligator Blood, I'm thunderstruck, but it's Animo clear. I'm thunderstruck late. Animo holding on. Animo, this time for the bigger. 
away. Won it from my thunderstruck El Bonacon. Then came Zaki back behind the Mawunga. And then Alligator Bloodlaws have been deceived. He nailed that, didn't he, Matty Hill? Great call on Animo. His fourth straight Group 1 win this spring. His seventh of his career, making him the most successful Group 1 winning horse at Godolphin. Worldwide, Dino, has raced so far and he is an absolute champion. On then to the Manicato Stakes. Extraordinary scenes on Friday night. Um, a weather really rolled into the valley. Thunder, lightning, pouring rain forced the Manicato to be cancelled. Was put on to the Cox Plate meeting as race number 11. The winner, Bella Nipotina, absolutely streeted them. Paul Ailey next the inside hits a bit of a flat spot before the corner as best of Bordeaux and Rothfire go two lengths in front on the corner. 250 out Rothfire, best of Bordeaux and Balanipatina has driven through underneath of those around the turn at the 150. Balanipatina takes the lead, kicks clear two lengths Rothfire and best of Bordeaux streaking away. Balanipatina and boy doesn't she deserve this. Balanipatina four lengths. Rothfire, best of Bordeaux then September run. 11, 11, the yeah, she romped in by four and three quarter lengths, gets that group one. Then now we've got some calls, but some SMSs just quickly first. Yeah, a couple yeah. of SMSs have come through, Ray. Hey, Bulldog, have you spent the last two weeks in the Magpies dressing room having your face slapped by Dorothy and Masters? <laughs> way to come out swing at 7am on a Sunday. By the way, I don't agree on your points, but at least we know where you stand. That's Mitch from Tamworth. Uh, and Ray types uh, uh, text in rather Ray saying, "Hey boys, always love the show. Go woke, go broke. Thumbs up to Gina Reinhard. Bye bye. Sadly to Australian netball. Yeah, it's a lot of money that they've lost. Des is on the line. Dino, Des, good morning. Good morning, Ray. It's great to have you back, dog. Thanks, Des. Do you like Buzz? Uh, uh, Buzz is okay, like he, he, but he's a, sort of like an older, slower version of you. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot younger than Buzz. <laughs> yeah. Well you, well, you sound like it too. Yeah. Um, just first up, before I talk about um, heartbreaking things or those things we've seen, um, I agree with the three things you said, um, Bulldog. Thanks, um, Des. Des, I'm uh, not saying I'm right. I, I'm not no, suggesting no. that. I'm no. just saying those are my opinions and other people will disagree and they're entitled to do that. Yeah, of course they are. So, Mitch, give yourself an uppercut. And um, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just put that in. Because what you said is correct. Um, these people, um, they're making... Who, all these people earn a lot of money playing sport, playing things they love. Where do they think the money comes from? Correct. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And as you said, you, you don't need people getting on, uh, especially there, got one of the most important... Well, don't they always say the captain of Australia is the second most important person to our Prime Minister? Correct. Isn't, yeah. yeah, mm. yeah. Des, um, I just think it's almost bordering on rude to treat yeah. sponsors like that who... Especially loyal sponsors after Sandpaper Gate. in so much yeah. money. Yeah. After yeah. Sandpaper Gate. But anyway, and... and mm. Netball, seven million bucks. She's been a massive supporter in of that debt. sport for many years. It just it, yeah. it, it boggles my mind, honestly. Hey, but on the on the topics, I got two of them. Yep. Um, being going back, I'll go back to nineteen seventy five. St George supporter. Um, that oh, 38 nil, 38 nil yeah. loss, and and especially like Changa going out and, mm. in his white boots, and and to see someone like Billy Smith, like he he, he was just a great great player to go into a game like that. And the other one, which we can all relate to, I think it broke everybody's heart, um, was when Greg Norman threw away the six. Oh. Uh, 96 now, Masters. I, yeah. I know it's an old one, but it, it, it's just something that galvanises everyone. You go, well, you know, how could that happen? And, and Ray, I want to talk to you about this last week. Mm. Um, okay, yesterday's ride by J-Mac on Animo was just a gem. You'd agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Everything fell into place, yeah. Now, going back to the Everest, I think his ride on Major Strip was disgraceful. And not from the door of the fact that they padded him wide. I've followed racing for a long while, and so have you. Now, Eduardo was leading, and Eduardo has never beaten Major Strip over 1,200. Mm. And he wasn't going to beat him over 1,200. Why he poured the pressure on from where he did, he's just set himself up to get like like a sitting duck. I mean, Eduardo ran last, and Major Strip was still... Yep. Could have won the race at the 100. I'm just saying. Des, I, I had a, yeah, Des, I had a similar view, and Corey Brown actually pointed out to me what happened in that race. Now, Eduardo, um, Nashville Willow was concerned that Eduardo was sore, and he was hanging about it, which is unlike that horse. Coming to the home turn, he was going to run off the track, and Corey Brown actually pointed out to me that J Mac 
sense that, so put Nature Strip up on the outside of Eduardo so he wouldn't get taken completely off the track. And so that it is, it's really interesting, and I must admit, it took someone of Corey Brown's expertise to point out exactly what happened there. So he understood what James McDonald was trying to do, but certainly the barrier cost Nature Strip the Everest last week. John's on the line. John, good morning. G'day, fellas. How are you going? Terrific. John, what do you got for us, mate? Uh, just wanted to have a talk about a little bit over this Pat Cummins bashing, to be honest with you. Uh, he seems to be getting blamed for everything these days. Uh, Justin Langer, uh, now this thing with Atlanta, uh, whatever, Alinta, sorry, I can't yeah. pronounce their name properly, but the Gina Reinhardt thing, I don't know enough about that, so I'm not going to make too much of a comment except to say that maybe you, maybe you boys should study some of the social comments that that woman's made that maybe have turned off some of these girls. But again, I don't know enough about it. Fellas, David Middleton and Michael Clark pointed out during the week that Cricket Australia and Pat Cummins himself have issued statements that he had nothing to do with the decision to pull back that sponsorship. Okay, now, that's interesting. Hmm. Um, why, why is this guy being singled out? Uh, because he's a bit different? Because he's not beer-swilling? Is it a case with our sportsmen and entertainment uh, people, but they should shut up or more a case that we should grow up and allow these people to express what they feel about the future. We can't sit there as a nation and put overseas sports people like Muhammad Ali on a pedestal because they challenged outside their field of sport, yet tear down our own because they've got an opinion. Do you we want do... your Australian captain throwing his political views at you, John? Are you comfortable with that? Or would you rather him be throwing his views at you around how to win a test match? I don't have an issue with young people expressing themselves, Dean. I don't have an issue. Yeah, fair enough. However, there's enough suppression in this world as, as it is. It's not as if he is, he is shoving it down our faces, mate. He is a person. I look at I look at Pat Cummins. I may not agree with everything that he said, but I look at Pat Cummins as a man who, a young man, who came through incredible adversity, six years fighting injuries, so he could wear that green and gold again. How do you think Alinta Energy would feel, John, when they tipped in forty million after Sandpaper Gate, and then the Australian captain complains? about a renewal of a sponsorship. How do you think they would feel about that, though? Well, Would they, they feel a bit upset by that? I certainly would. Well, Dean, they should have looked, in, into, looked into the background of how the players felt before they put in the sponsorship. Maybe, maybe it's time now in the future that sponsors, before they get on board, Check out what mm. what the, the conscientious opinion is oh, of the geez. players that they are. Fighting. John, that's very dangerous territory, think, mate. When you're talking to players first about John, who should John's sponsor. John's points well made in in certain respects, and John, I think that was the issue with Netball Australia. Netball Australia went ahead and made decisions without consulting the playing group, and I think in this modern era, do you know, I think that might be the way forward because if you've got one or two players who have certain um, religious beliefs or political beliefs that they that they really want to adhere to, then they will be, they will find it difficult to play under certain circumstances. So I think a consultation process has to be Correct. widened and broadened to make sure they're inclusive of everybody and everybody's potential point of views. Otherwise, we get these situations where um, we're happening right now with Netball Australia. Ray, it's very, very dangerous territory when you are going to the players and asking them about whether they approve sponsorship. I don't think that's their area. They have but we to saw that with the, money. with the pride jumper and a different issue altogether, well, Ray, what, I know. What happens, though, if you go to the players all the time and one or two players in every side says, no, we don't agree with that? Mm. Well, then what, where got, do you then go you, there? Then you've got to try and find the common ground, like everything in life. There were suggestions yesterday that netball were now going to have to go to some sports betting agencies. Mm. That's going to cause drama. Yeah, of course, yeah. Where, where do they go now to it's, keep it across the ball where everyone's happy? It, Someone's you know always going to win. Correct, and... 
you can't please everybody in life. It's the bottom line. We better take a quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Tyler Schiller on starting out. Went and did a traineeship with Chris Haywood in Wagga when I was in year 10 and I was very grateful for Chris for getting me into the game because I didn't think anyone back in that time would give me a crack, to be honest. I was pretty rough at riding. I wasn't very good at all, but I came a long way once I got to Phil Sweeney's about three years later when I turned 17 or 18. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. Watch them fly before you buy at the Magic Millions Gold Coast two-year-olds in training sale on October 25. It's the sale that produces big-time performers like recent domestic stars Crone, Victorum and Tyzone and international sensations Limbs Lightning and Top Knight. A quality lineup of ready-made two-year-olds broken in and educated by world-class preparers ready to make their mark on the track. To view the catalogue, photos, parade videos and breeze-ups and to register to bid online, visit magicmillions.com.au. There's a new place to get it all on tap this spring. And it's in your pocket. The new Tab app has live racing. Touchdowns. Downtowns. The beautiful game. Australia's biggest game. Our other biggest game. A bit of this. This. Oh, come on, ref. And this. For sport and racing on tap, download the new Tab app. Gamble responsibly. Gambler's help, 1-800-858-858. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Dino, you're breaking the song there. That's your favourite? No. Producer Steve's just rolling his eyes. <laughs> he says, be around. That's about Let us Don. hear Jimmy. <laughs> Don wrote that about his hometown. Oh, is that right? Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, the beautiful trees yeah, up there are called the flame trees. The Correct. Yeah, okay. Correct. Um, no, we'll have Don Walker on the show just after 9 o'clock. I know he's looking forward to talking about rugby league, the kangaroos, and his beloved Broncos. And we'll hammer him about some of the cold chisel grades. Richie Cowan is on the line. Richie, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Bulldog. And What's your yeah, favourite chisel song, Rich? I'd appreciate if you neither of you two blokes sang, please. <laughs> exactly. What's your favourite chisel song, mate? <laughs> oh, mate, uh, Flame Trees. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm a K-San man, but yeah. Hey, Rich. Great racing again yesterday. We'll, we'll, we'll start at Randwick. I want to talk about the Cox Plate in a sec, but um, I was really happy for John O'Shea because he he got that, can I use that expression, kick in the guts last week when after months of planning he had to withdraw lost and running on race morning from the Everest. So the racing god smiled on him yesterday with promise of success in the invitation. 100%. I, I said on the radio during the week, Ray, that um, I, I thought John O'Shea's character and professionalism come out last week, you know, that, that, that for what happened, particularly with Lost and Running in the Tab Everest, um, he did Channel 7, he did Sky Channel, he did the radio on Saturday morning um, with Richard Haynes, he did Melbourne Radio, and in a tough period like that, I think that shows a bit of character, but yeah, promise of success, um, great result for John yesterday and his team, and as, as much as I was cheering for John, I, I would have rather something else won, but oh. uh, yeah, it was certainly a, a outstanding, and the uh, and great reward um, for him and uh, just just shows how good a trainer is. He didn't let last week define him. He bounced back this week. Rich, I saw the cameras pan in yesterday before the big race. It was viewing I didn't particularly want to see on my Sunday uh, Saturday afternoon, seeing your head in the middle of my living room. But how proud <laughs> were you yesterday, Rich, in all honesty, that you know, to represent your family at the inaugural uh, calendar Presnell race? Look, Bulldog, it was, um, you know, you get a little bit disappointed. Like, Dad was heartbroken that he couldn't be there. Um, obviously, he only come out of hospital on the Wednesday, and he, he just couldn't be there. But uh, him and Mum watched at home, and I took my, my two daughters and my late brother Matthew's uh, wife, Anne, and their eldest daughter, Madison. So it, it was something special. And to Peter Valandis and to the uh, Russell Board and Horatio Wales and the ATC, it was it was just one of those days. Uh, it was very special. But as Dad said, as, as great as the honour was to have the race named after, to have the race named after uh, uh, and jointly with a, 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 one of his greatest friends of all time and, and you know, I suppose, uh, both journalists. But to be alongside Max Presnell for Dad, that was the, the biggest thrill for him in, in his life, uh, Nelly. He, he just absolutely loved it that his name was alongside Max's. 
to see Max and Kalina there yesterday and enjoying the day. It was it was special in that regard, Bulldog. And as Dad said, when he w- first walked on the Ramwick as a 17-year-old kid, he said, you that now have a race, a million-dollar race, and I, I might be able to... I'll tell you something exclusive here this morning, Bulldog. This is exclusive for you in the little function yesterday, and Peter Valandi's made a, a, a little faux pas, and he said that the race was worth $2 million, and Graham Hinton, he's offside, applied that, said it's only $1 million. He said, oh... Well, I better make it two next year. So, uh, I don't know if we're going to hold him to it, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a special day for our family, uh, Bulldog. And um, I, I was I was proud, uh, always proud to be Kenny's son, one of Kenny's four boys. But uh, yesterday was even more special. Yeah, well, done, well, well said, Rich. And and actually, in the same context, Rich, I asked Maxie later in the day about the day, and it is a quote I've put in today's Sunday Telegraph, Rich, if you just indulge me. This is Maxie Presnell. Certainly Cox Plate Day has taken a new dimension for me. I've seen all the greats at Mooney Valley, but on a personal level, nothing beats today. So both men were genuinely touched and moved by by that honour. Yeah, they were, and uh, it was. And Max had a great day. He, mm. Uh, uh, holding Max up into a in a, uh, a confined room like the director's room, you know, is trying to get a, a wild bull and say, "Listen, just stay in that one little paddock." He was he was itching at the bit all day when we went down for the race, and Peter McGoran, the chairman of the ATC, came and took uh, our family and Max and Kalina down. We got down there after the race, and he uh, he looked at Brett Devine from the ATC. He said, Can "You do me a favour, Brett. He said, Can you get Kalina back up?" He said. I've got to get in the betting ring here for at least a couple of races. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go back to where, where he really does belong here. Yeah. Uh, Rich Animo, thoughts? Well, it, it's funny. I spoke to Chris Waller the other day and he said, oh, mate, I was just reading an article at Animo. He said, he doesn't win by a big space. He said, maybe he's beatable. I said, very elegant didn't win by a big space as Chris. I mm. said, um, they just find a way to win those, those next horses. And, yeah, he, he was dominant yesterday. Being being able to be so versatile as a racehorse to to go forward, whether it be at fourteen or a mile or two thousand metres, take up a spot, then that that means that there's four or five lengths you don't need to make up that others need to make up. Um, he's he, he's a good horse. He's the he's the best horse in the country at the moment. He was dominant yesterday. I still think he um, the protest was spot on last year when it was dismissed. A lot of people are sitting on the other side of the fence when State of Rest held the race. But it was just rewards, and he's come back 12 months later, and he's now the Cox Plate winner. Um, and <clears throat> credit where it's due, I know it was a great ride. Credit to young James Cummings. Um, mm. What a terrific trainer he is. Obviously, he's been bred in the purple, but you know the pressures of, tra- of training for one of the biggest organisations around the world in, in Godolphin, and to handle the pressure so well, and have that horse firing... Um, Nearly every time it turns up, it's a credit to James and his team. Yeah, and we also forget, don't we, Rich? There was a little setback mid-prep, which when you're at this level, you don't want anything to go wrong. So Godolphin were able to... I know James Cummings said um, the, the, month, or the morning after that George Main, that Animo was virtually um, fully fit again, but little scares like that, when you're at this level of competition, to overcome them, I think, just underlines what an outstanding horse Animo is. Yeah, spot on. But uh, and and James, uh, you know, when you get a good horse, and you and I have never trained a good horse, Ray, but it's you've got to show, I suppose, patience. You know, mm. and they just keep in, they keep turning up. Um, but they little niggles that might affect someone else, they don't affect the good horses. And uh, he was dominant yesterday. He's a bull, and to have a turn of foot at that distance is a wonderful attribute to have. Exactly, yeah. Um, back to Sydney. James Cummings, really, he's such a young man. He's at the start of his career. Yesterday, a gentleman, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying he's 75, so he's sort of at the back end of his career, but he hasn't aged at all, Graham Rogerson. Here he was with Sharp and Smart, he and his wife, Debbie. That was their first group one together as a training partnership at Randwick. And talk about people being up and about. Roger was up and about yesterday. He certainly was. I saw him um, before the first race, and I'll give the old boy credit. I yelled out to him. I said, hello, Graham. I saw him only the week before, or two weeks before. And the first thing he said, do me a favour and wish your dad all the best. And I thought, geez, that's yeah. uh, good on you, Roggie. But, yeah, it was great to see Graham and Deb back in, in, in Australia. So uh, 
He's been around a long time, Roger. Um, he could always be... Uh, we've had a few arguments over the years, but uh, one thing you can never argue with, Roger, he can train. Mm. Yeah, and I wonder, what does he go Does he go south with that horse? Yeah, the uh, Derby, yeah. Derby's he's going to go to the Derby now, yeah. yeah so it's mm. going to be a good race, although I think the spring champion yesterday was one of the great highlights, and I think it's been a, a great move to put a t- the, the 2,000 metres. Because a lot of three-year-olds don't want to go that past 2,000 metres as a new season three-year-old. And sometimes... Not many go on after that. Some mm. do, mm. but not many. And I think a lot of trainers now are seeing that their grand final as being in Sydney, the spring champion, rather than the derby in Melbourne. Yeah, and I think that was underlined by the fact that Liptical came back from his narrow loss in the Caulfield Guineas to run in the spring champion. And indeed, I don't think it's ever happened before because there was no races, but a Caulfield Guineas winner came back to Sydney in Golden Mile to, to win the calendar Presnell. And... I have a sneaking suspicion that was just a little test around the Randwick Mile for Golden Mile with a, a race like the Doncaster Mile in mind next autumn, Rich. Yeah, look, it was at, at set weights, it was going to be awfully hard to beat Golden Mile. Uh, I thought the second horse has taken huge steps in preparation. Michael Freeman's horse. Uh, yeah, elliptical, yeah. No, oh, a communist, sorry, communist, communist yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it, it was super duper. I was going to say one thing about the calendar personal. Uh, Kenny's seen uh, all the good footballers and good cricketers at every sport. And he, he always says Darren Beeman's clearly the best jockey he's ever mm. seen. So to have Darren receive the trophy of uh, the calendar president yesterday and then be in, our little, in the little winner's room was, uh, was something special, I think, for our family as well. And it was special for Darren too. He really did get a kick out of winning the calendar president as Godolphin's representative with Golden Mile. Great day yesterday for the family, Rich. Um, pass on your best to your dad and uh, hope, hope we can catch up with him soon. Most definitely, Ray. Have a great day, Bill Dog. I was, I was just had to go down the road to get a coffee in the car, but you know, you know, with Pat Cummings as stance this week, I might have to just walk down there rather than take me car down there. Well, <laughs> good good on you, Rich. the environment, Rich. <laughs> exactly. There's Richie Cowan, and it was a good day yesterday to honour two great men of of Australian journalism, in Max Presnell and Ken Cowan. Over sixty years, they've been involved and masters of their craft. So it's really good. One day, hmm? tenure. There'll be a. Ray Thomas Stakes. Mate, they'll run me out of town. <laughs> Who would they line him up with, though? Has to I'm have, not sure. Has to be he could be on his Thomas own. Thomas something. No, he could be on his own. Yeah, that, that, that won't be. I can just see it being run at Esk. But the question is... But the question is, Dino, will he be writing about it? Will he still be around <laughs> writing about it? Of course he will. It won't be me. Of course he will. not my style. Oh, you hate this type of thing. I do, yeah. Hey, Tan, we've lost Canamble today. Canamble's gone with the bad weather, but we do have Port Macquarie where the weather is showers. The track is a heavy nine. The rail is out three metres the entire course and there are 25 scratchings. From race one, take nine, Spirit of Chanel, number nine. Race two, number two, another Sonnet. Five, Golden Button. Seven, Red Oscar. Eight, Error Team. And 12, Leipzig. Two, five, seven, eight, and twelve. From race three, take four, Lord Bron, seven, Apache Dream, ten, not taken it, taking it, or eleven, Stella Style, take out four, seven, ten, and eleven. From race four, number four, Kamikaze Kid, six, Our Boy Malcolm, nine, Buckin Ripper, ten, Kitami, and eleven, Rioli, four, six, 9, 10 and 11. Out of the 5th, number 3, Clifton Springs and 6, Alibi.com, 3 and 6. Race 6, number 1, I'll tell you now. 2, Lord Avatar, 4, Like a Bit of Fun, 6, The Chosen One and 7, The Fossil, 1, 2, 4, 6 and 7. And out of race 7, number 1, Full Press, 5, Barry's Lane and 9, Fusachi Family, 1, 5 and 9. From race 7 at Port Macquarie. Hey, thanks, Ten tips today, race two, number 10, World Atlas, into race five, number six, alibi.com. For Greg McBowen, had a winner yesterday. A couple of SMSs there, Dino. Yeah, before we go to the news, Ray. Horace, 58. The way Cummins bowled last night, he should get a sponsorship from Garlow's Pies because <laughs> that's what he dished up. That's very good. Here's the news. Here's the news. <laughs>